Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're talking about how to be fully present in your marriage. And as I like to say, your presence is the greatest present you can give your spouse. That is so good. Boom. Boom. You sauce. can use that tour. <laughs> it's just so say, true. Boom sauce. Yeah. Boom sauce. That's our phrase. <laughs> you guys can use that. Yeah, that's But it is so true. It really is. It is the greatest gift that you could give your spouse. And, and technology is robbing us of yeah. presence mm-hmm. and we're seeing it at an all time high. That's why Tori and I wanted to spend the next 20 or so minutes talking with you guys about the power of presence, but, but how you can practically be fully present in your marriage. Now, before we get going, Tori has a song for you. We do. We've got Brett Young, Change Your Name. This is a country one. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. Jace, why don't you play the Okay, teaser? here you go. Ready? Tell me that's not a cool song. The only thing he wants to change is her name. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that's kind of politically incorrect nowadays. Yeah. Because what's to say that he can't change his last name to hers? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that, no. That could go. We go down a rabbit trail, trail with that one. Oh, and I would love to do that. We just had the elections, actually, um, and last week. And just crazy stuff. But anyway, we won't get into that. This is not a political podcast. This is a marriage podcast, but we don't care about being politically correct <laughs> at all. That's so right. yeah. Um, anyway, that's yeah. a great song. Dance yeah. dance with your spouse to that song. Yes. Change your name, Brett so Young. Good. Brett Young. Yeah. Okay. But we're not talking about Brett Young today. We're talking about how to be fully present in your marriage. Um, and I just the, the, the go back to that original quote that I had that, your presence, like your full undivided attention, like your full presence um, in your marriage is the greatest present that you can give to your spouse. And we all know this as parents too. The greatest present that you can give to your kids is your presence. Right. Is to not be distracted. Yeah. And and it does. Did you want to say something real quick? Well, I was just going to say that we we learned this in our marriage through counseling other couples. Oh, man. And we have a, a title in our book called Let It Count where we we talk about that story of where God really showed us the power of presence. Mm. And um, yeah, it was just, you know, as, as we have mentioned several times, um, Jason has his master's degree in marriage and family, which led us to having over, you know, a hundred or plus couples in our home a over the past you know, 17 years or so um, just pouring their heart out. And we're just like, you know, little birds perched up high, like, oh, wow, we do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I think, you know, we talk a lot about emotional intelligence, and I think the Bible really helps us. Mm. And, and through the the scripture in Matthew, 
seven five that says, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clear, clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That's like emotional intelligence 101. If you want self-awareness, look around you. We're 90, I think science shows that we're 99.98% wired the exact same. Like all people. All people. Yeah. And so we're a lot more alike than we are different. We Now we, you know, because of nurture and nature and all these things, like we are going to manifest very differently. We're going to present ourselves very differently. Mm-hmm. But we're we're a lot alike and you can learn a lot through watching other people and and seeing their response and you and you can ask God okay like you know what I see something here do I do this yeah and that's how God can bring so much awareness um through people yeah and um so there was this this couple hey before we get into that couple mm-hmm. can I give an example of my mom yes yeah she uh on her deathbed she was in the hospital and now my mom had been a nurse and so she kind of understood, you know, medical practice and all that kind of stuff. So when she's on her deathbed, she, she died October, uh, 2017, October 11th, 2017, which was the day before my birthday. But she, she, before she passed, I remember she was in the hospital for probably what tour, like 13, 14 days, yeah. like almost mm-hmm. two weeks. And, um, they came in and discovered that she had pulmonary fibrosis, which is scarring of the lungs and it was irreversible. Mm-hmm. And basically they just said, we need to be talking about comfort measures at this point. Right. And comfort measures basically meant you're going to die with dignity. Mm-hmm. So let's give you morphine and you'll just go to sleep and then you'll never wake up. Right. Well, my mom 100% said no morphine. Right. She did not want morphine. And we're like, mom, why not? Like, we don't want you to suffer. Like she was, even at that point, she had an oxygen mask on and she was kind of have a, had a hard time speaking, but we were able to kind of make out what she was saying but she knew that morphine would put her to sleep and she didn't want the, her last days to be spent sleeping. Yeah. She wanted mm-hmm. to be fully present with her family. So we we actually watched her suffer. They they gave her enough medication where she physically wasn't suffering like she didn't feel like like sharp pain or anything like that, but she did have a hard time breathing, but she would open her eyes. So we we would come around for the last, you know, 3 or 4 days of her life and all of family and, and her closest friends. This is before COVID. So we were allowed to be in the hospital and we did praise and worship. And she got a chance to hold each one of the grandkids hands and, and we'd be singing praise and worship. And then she'd open her eyes and we'd see her look around the room. And it, you could tell She's in that moment, every one of us in, she was taking it all in, mm-hmm. but, but not just her taking us all in. She was allowing us to take her in. Yeah. Like we could still see little bits and pieces of her personality. But if she had taken morphine, then she would have just been asleep and we wouldn't have been blessed with her presence. Yeah. Now, you know, of course, fast forward, I'm I'm always like, well, if I'm in that position, I'm taking the morphine. Right, I'm going right. to sleep. But my mom, she's strong, high pain tolerance. But you know that gift that she gave us mm-hmm. was the gift of her presence. Yeah. It was just so interesting to see how important that was to her that mm-hmm. she just over and over just kept reiterating that. I do not want the morphine. You know, yeah. just please make sure that I'm the one giving the okay. Don't make the decision for me. I'd like to make this decision on yeah. my own because she wanted to be there with us as long as she possibly could. And it reminded and, me of the scripture in Mark 15 where Jesus was at the cross and he uh, was offered um, wine mixed with myrrh. And that was the painkiller of the day hmm. that, that could have been like the morphine that put him to sleep. And he did, he didn't take it. He's like in the moment of his greatest pain, he's like, I'm going to be fully present Wow! in this moment. Mm. And it was tough. So I think the greatest gift that we can give to our spouse is full undivided presence, but it's always under attack. 
Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, like as, as I was mentioning earlier, we had a couple and they taught us this and um, it really has been life-changing for me. Um, ever since we had this encounter with them, I have thought of the phrase, let it count, and I'll explain in a minute, just almost on a daily basis. It's actually the title of that chapter. What chapter number is that? It's chapter 15. Chapter 15 in our count. book. Yeah. And so this this couple came and there was just a lot of conflict going on in, in their life and in their marriage. And um, the biggest pain point for them was that the wife really felt like the, the husband was not fully present. Mm. That was her biggest pain point. And as we began to dig in, um, she we kind of were like, okay, well, give us kind of bring us into your day. What does it look like? And she began to explain, you know, that, or actually I think he began to explain, he said, you know, I wake up around 530 in the morning to get some work done. Mm -hmm. And then, and to spend time with the Lord and to spend time with the Lord and just to start my, my, my day out with the Lord and, and to get on top of my day. And, um, and we're like, okay, what are, you know, what are you doing to the wife? What are you doing at this point? She said, well, I, I sleep in, I have, she had some health um, issues and, so she really needed more sleep and sleep, you know, was a really big priority for her in that time of her life because of her health issues and okay, keep going. And he said, and then, um, I wake up all the kids and I get them all ready for school and I get them breakfast and then I do a devotion with the kids and, and we're like, okay, so make their lunches, I make their lunches, drive them to school, right? Drive them to school. And there's like several kids in this family. So then he had to come home, bring the other set of kids to a different school on the other side of town. And, you know, then I go to work and, and I just remember Tori stopping him in the middle of it. And she says, okay, so you've done all this before, like eight 30 in the morning. Right. And, and she, before your wife has woken up. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. when you looked over at the wife and you're like, and you're in bed at this time, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And she's, yeah. She said, yeah, but you know, he's, I've never been a morning person. He's a morning person. This, it just works best for him <laughs> to do these things, you know? And so we're like, okay, keep going. I'm and, wishing the guy would stop explaining all this because yeah. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I know. I'm like thinking, wow, dang girl, you got it made. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, then he goes to work and then he says, and then I stop by the store on the way home to grab dinner to get, you know, yeah. I usually, I usually grill something for dinner and, and I'm like, is this accurate? I'm looking at her. I'm like, is this accurate? And she's like, yeah, this is pretty much what our day you know, looks like. And I'm like thinking, okay, what, what am I missing? You know, like, and then I'm like, okay, then they come home from work, you do dinner. And she's like, and that's when the problem starts. You know, we, after dinner, he's just really not fully present. Like I'm yeah. not really, he's not really there with me. I'm, I can't really connect with him. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of like thinking, okay, I kind of can see the problem pretty quickly, yeah. like, but didn't, you know, didn't want to ruffle too many feathers up front. But I said, listen, I'm, you know, I'm from one non-morning person to another. Um, what he's doing is a lot, huh? Like what he, him yeah. waking up and doing all this, that's quite a bit. And she's like, yeah, but he's, you know, he's a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I yeah. require more sleep. And he says, you know, but it just feels like some of that should count. Yeah. I remember I remember very distinctly I'm saying some don't I just feel like some of it should count. It should count for something. And right? Yeah, exactly. And so we just as we went deeper into the conversation I we started asking kind of like why doesn't that count? Why don't the things that he he does do mm-hmm. count? And I think it was really eye-opening for for her as well to see, oh, you know what? I don't really let those things count. Yeah. And, um, and so I remember that evening, the Lord had really been convicting me as, 
you know, through that scripture in Matthew, like I mentioned, uh, Matthew 7, 5, um, to take the plank out of your own eye. Because in my mind, I was like, this just seems so obvious, you know, to me that that there is no gratitude. Like she's not mm-hmm. operating out of gratitude. And, um, and, and the Lord, I was like, God, do I do this? Do I not, do I, do I not let things count in my life that are just, would be so obvious to everybody else around me, but they're not to me because of my blind spots. Yeah. And he, he was like, yeah, pretty much Tori. You now, know, before, like right you, before you get to that, because I will, I want you to share how the Lord kind of rebuked you in terms of, you know, take the plank out of your own eye. Um, and when I say rebuked, it's not like you were thinking negative thoughts toward her. I do want to give you guys real quick, the, the remedy of what we gave her that day when she told us basically that he's a, he's a morning person. This is what he does. Um, and then Tori says, well, that, you know, that, that should count for something. And we could see this guy was just dejected. And he's like, you know, it is true. Sometimes I do have a hard time, you know, at night fully engaging. I don't know exactly what it is. Sometimes it might be my work or whatever. And I remember sharing Psalm 100 where God right. says, enter my gates with thanksgiving and my courts with praise. Right. And we've shared this scripture before. Actually, we share it several times on this podcast uh, and in our book and in our seminars. But we talk about how if you want God's presence, then in the Old Testament, you had to go to the temple because that's where his presence was, right. right? Inside the Holy of Holies. And this verse here is saying, enter my gates, like the gates around the temple with thanksgiving. And then my courts, which is the inner courts of, you, you can get into the inner courts where God's presence was with praise. Right. So if you want God's presence, then you have to do it through thanks and praise. Yeah. Thank him for what he's done. Praise him for who he is. And then you get God's presence. And so I was telling her, and I said, if you want your husband's presence, you have to do that with your husband. Right. Thank him for what he does. Praise him for who he is. I said an acknowledgement, a very simple acknowledgement, like, wow, you actually got a lot accomplished with our kids this morning and let me sleep. Thank you. Yes. And then go and move it into praise. You are such a hard worker. Like you're, you're very proactive, like tell him who he is and then watch how he's going to bless you with his presence. Yes. And so I remember her going on and she listened and she went on a little, uh, kind of, um, I don't know if it's a binge or whatever you want to call it, a gratitude binge where she actually started writing things on their mirror of things she was thankful for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. And so that it really helped them a lot in their marriage. But at the same time, like what Tori was saying, you know, that scripture is very clear. Take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the specks from your others. So Tori and I are thinking, yeah, thank God we don't struggle with that. But then God was like, yeah, yeah, God showed us. I'm so glad that you interrupted me with that important detail in in the story about um, Psalms 100, that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise, because that was... That was the breakthrough word. That was the word that really gave them broke th- breakthrough in mm-hmm. that in that um, session together. And I just remember thinking, Lord, do I do this? You yeah. know, do I um, do I let things count in my life? And very quickly, he said, "Yep, you do." Yeah. And um, and he began to show me. I remember there was a particular. It was that weekend. He was really quick to, when you ask the Lord and when you bring him in, you're like, show me if I do this. It's like never pray to God and ask him for patience. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it'll be a, a long yeah. day for you. He's faithful though. Like he's faithful. If you ask, he, he's faithful to, yeah. to respond. And he was, he was faithful to respond to that, 
to that ask in my life. And I'm so grateful that he was. Um, but anyways, you were out of town. And basically, um, for the first time in my life, I had really was experiencing the feelings of loneliness. Like uh, when you would leave, um, the kids were getting a little bit more independent of me. And I wasn't really used to that. I wasn't used to any kind of margin in my life and <laughs> any kind of space to be alone. And yeah. often when when you're alone with yourself, you, you, you all sorts of things come up in your mind and your mind can really go wild. And <laughs> that particular evening I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about friendships and how important it was to like, you know, set a time, um, time, set apart time for your friends. And I kind of started feeling like maybe I wasn't doing that as mm -hmm. much as I should. And, you know, how do you incorporate that when you've been out, out of it for so long, all those things. And so I just started really feeling sorry for myself that night. I was like, like just feeling really like, just sorry for myself. Yeah. And I remember um, the next morning I woke up and I, you know, it was right back to no margin in the day. I was running the kids from sports, sporting events and all these things. I was really busy. And um, I came home, I had just dropped off the boys at some different things. And then I came home to be with the girls and my dad was across the street and he yelled over to me and he's like, Hey, Tori Garland, which my, my middle name is Garland. And I was like, there's dad. Like that's mm -hmm. what he called. That's, that's, I just, he, he's always uh, using my full name. And I was like, kind of chuckled because I was kind of taking it in like, Oh, this is, that's, that's really cool that my dad is next door. Like this is, this is awesome. And I hadn't really taken that in in a while. And then um, he said, why don't you come over for some coffee? And as I was walking over, I literally heard the words in my head, let it count. Yeah. Yeah. Let it count. Like this is you, you're feeling, you're feeling lonely. Well, your dad and your mom are next door and they invite you over often. And are you letting it count? Yeah. Like, are you really taking them in? Like you have this companionship and yet, and them, but yet you're feeling awfully sorry for yourself. Yesterday. Yeah. And, and he just began to reveal to me like how easy it is to not let things count. Like That's there right. are good things in your life, but if you don't take them in, if you don't let them count, they're really they're, the benefits are good for nothing. Mm -hmm. Like you're missing out on so much when you don't let things count. Yeah. And so it was just a real eye opener for me. And then it, it became something that I just really began to focus on. Like, what are the areas in my life that I don't let count? What are the areas, what are the things that Jason does for me that I just don't let count? And what I found is when I went over and I spent time with my dad that morning, there was this in instant connection between him and I, and um, I was really grateful. Like I was, I yeah. remember just being like this, like feeling really grateful and kind of expressing it more than I normally would. And I felt really connected to mm -hmm. my dad. And I realized that, that, that there really is power and gratitude when you really feel it. And it sometimes it's not even your words. It's the way yeah. that you receive something. It's the way that you are fully present with that person because you're so grateful mm -hmm. and you're actually taking them in and they know you're taking them in because they, they sense that, right? Like yeah. they can just tell. And, um, it just, it was just, it was really cool because I felt so connected to my dad that, that day. And I knew that he felt connected to me because I yeah. was letting it count. Yep. I was taking it in. I let it count. And, um, it was just, it was kind of like, okay, now this is my testimony. You know, they, they talk about, uh, or the, uh, Revelation twelve eleven talks about how we overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of your testimony. 
And that became my testimony. It's like, this, mm-hmm. this works. When you let things count, Yeah, it brings connection. Yeah. And the connection is the, is the result of presence. Right. That, I mean, it's, it's circular, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your gratitude makes you more present, but at the same time, your presence makes you more grateful. Yeah. So it's, it's circular. Yeah. You know? And so. Yeah. And I just, I, I think that the people in your life, they know if you're letting it count and if you're not letting it yeah. count, they just know. And I think that when you begin to live like it counts, mm-hmm. you will get their presence yeah, because right. you're somebody that they want to be around. That's right. If you're constantly, um, if you're just constantly like not all there, not appreciating things, it's just, there's, there's, there's not that magnetism that comes through gratitude and that comes through letting things count. But their yeah. gratitude is truly magnetizing. When somebody, when you feel like what you do matters and what you do counts, people are magnetized towards oh, that. Yeah. Why would it be any different for your spouse? If every time that you're in, you know, coming, coming into contact with them, there's something negative and mm-hmm. there's something that, that you've done wrong and that they need to correct. And there's just, it, there's something about that that's like pulls you away. Like yeah. I don't want to be around somebody who's constantly bringing me down. But when you're around somebody who brings you up and calls you forward, yeah. it's magnetizing through gratitude and praise. Yeah, there it is, Thanksgiving and praise. And and so what what I, I do want to leave you with some practical tips that have helped me. Uh, I think have helped Tori, but I want to give you five quick things um, because the one thing that keeps us from being fully present. Well, it's not just the one thing, but one of the main things is taking things for granted. So yeah. we want to let it count. Taking things for granted makes you less likable. You just yeah. need to know that. Right. Like if you don't let it count and you take things for granted, you take another person for granted, you are not a likable person. Yeah. So you're not going to get that. You're not going to get what you need, which is their approval. Right. You're not going to get their their gratitude right. because you're not showing them gratitude yeah. and it's going to make you less likable and the problem with that is you're actually not going to like yourself yes so yeah we often say um to couples well what do you want yeah like you want a, you want a strong marriage you want a marriage you know that you feel connected in you, you want your spouse to be grateful to you yeah okay so what are you doing to get that because you do that yeah so if if you if you want that in your marriage is what you're doing giving you that yeah well if it's not then let's fix that yeah that's true (laughs) you know it's like if i I really want i really want a strong marriage but i feel like i have to correct my husband 18 times a day for every little thing i don't think that's going to get you what you want yeah so let me let me give you these five keys okay just five quick things that will help you not take your spouse for granted it's going to help you be fully present in your marriage okay five five quick keys let's do them number one slow down Appreciation is tied to pace. So you've got to just slow down a little bit. Slow down your thinking. Slow down your schedule. Get some margin in your time. That way you can be more grateful. If you're running too fast, you're not going to have the time to think or appreciate the people who are most important yeah, to you, specifically so your, your spouse. Yeah. I, I like to say to entrepreneurs, run at the pace of your people. Yeah. And your people are your family. Okay? So the first thing you want to do is just slow down. Mm-hmm. Just slow down. Number two, keep a gratitude journal. Now, whether that's something that you're actually writing down or it's like what I do, where probably once a week or once every two weeks, my my entire prayer time in the morning is I'm, I'm up, um, I'm walking outside, it's typically dark, 
And I'm just thanking the Lord for everything that yeah. I can think of in terms of I start from when I was a kid, my earliest memory, thanking the Lord that I was raised in Garland, Texas with two parents that stayed together. Yeah. You know, that I had good teachers. I didn't, you know, and, and great coaches. And then I just, and I'm naming people by name, like Ronnie Littleton and Vernon Littleton and John Keyes and Larry Horner and Joey Roach, all of these coaches that were so important to, uh, to, to me and my brother. And then moving into when I met Tori and thanking, just like gratitude. Yeah. That right there, it's like a food log. If you go to a nutritionist, one of the first things they're going to tell you to do is write down what you eat for a mm-hmm. week. Just writing it down will help you eat healthier. Right. Because you're logging it. So when you're keeping a gratitude journal, either in your mind or or actually writing it down, which actually is a very good practice, it will make you more thankful. Right. So it's slow down, keep a gratitude journal. Number three, practice saying thank you. Mm. Like you actually have to do it. Like express appreciation proactively. Go to a restaurant, you know, and the person, the server there is is serving you or whatever. Be proactive about your gratitude. You know, what's your name? You know, John. John, thank you. You're doing a good job, buddy. Appreciate it. Like that's a little more proactive than just he gave you the straw and you said thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think you do this in your marriage as well. Yeah. It's like be proactive with your gratitude. Express yeah. it like radically. Like it's not just, hey, thanks for making breakfast. It's like, hey, thanks for making breakfast. I, I, thanks for always being so awesome that you're making breakfast every morning and I'm not even, I'm, I'm not doing it. It's like you're being a little more proactive in the way that you're saying thank you. Yeah. And that will move you into praise. It'll move you into, you're, you're awesome. Like mm-hmm. that is so cool. You're so proactive. Yeah. I think that's great. So you're going to practice saying thank you. Um, here's a good one. Number four, you're going to lower expectations. Mm. So think about what your spouse does on a consistent basis. Okay. That you don't do. Mm-hmm. Then choose to go do it yourself. So let's just say this is what it was true for me. Tori always emptied the dishwasher. So I'm thinking early on in our marriage, maybe I should jump in and do that. And then I end up emptying the dishwasher. And you know what I discovered? I hate (laughs) emptying the dishwasher. Now, the one thing I'm good at is I can take the silverware tray and I can do that because I open two drawers and everything that's in those, that silverware tray, I know where it goes. goes. Yeah. Tori, I still, I've, we've been in our house 17 years. I still don't know where everything goes. I know that's bad. but And but, I would rather empty everything else out so he's not asking, where's this go? Where's, where's this, this go? go? Yeah. But the thing is, is what, what helped me though is I didn't think about uh, how grateful I was that Tori emptied the dishwasher until I went and emptied the dishwasher myself. Yeah. And then I realized, so true. snap, she's good. Yeah. So that's lowering your expectations. So good. Yep. And so, so that's number four, lower your expectation. And number five, okay, this one is actually the best one. Go to your funeral. Mm. I mean, you don't have to do it every day, you know, but, but once a month or quarter at least, go to your own funeral. This is where you're going. You're literally in your mind, you're attending your own funeral. There's your casket and you're, you're laying in the casket, but you can see everybody walking past you and Think about your spouse. Think about your kids. What do you want them to feel? What What do you wish you could say in that moment? Then say those things. Yeah. You know, what, the beauty of going to your own funeral, you know, the scripture says, teach me to number my days. Yeah. What that's saying is, teach me to go to my own funeral right. and see what I want to accomplish at the end of my life and then work backwards yeah. in light of that. So good. Um, it's like uh, there was a study done 
where they put um, uh, they put these brain these um, nodes on these people's brains. Yeah. And then they had a certain group of people envision a sunset. And then they had the, a different group of people. They were also hooked up to these brain nodes where they could see the brain activity. They had another group of people actually watch a real sunset. And then they went and they looked at the differences in the two groups. And, the, and what they discovered was the brain activity was identical in both of them. Wow. The people who envisioned the sunset had the same brain activity going on as if they saw it in real life. That's what happens when you go to your own funeral. Yeah, is that your body begins to feel emotions. Hey, turn some mu- turn some music on. Turn, do this. Go to your own funeral. Turn on uh, 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 "Amazing Grace." Yeah, by, played by bagpipes. Yeah, and and <laughs> watch what happens to you emotionally. Yeah. And now doing that is going to make your body feel as though it, it's really happening. And what you'll do is you'll come out of that experience feeling more grateful for the people that you love. So good. And you won't take them for granted. That makes me think of the verse that says, unless you're like a child. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that that it's a child it just has an imagination. They're mm. able to go there. They're able to just imagine and to be in that place of wonder. Yeah. It's a superpower mm-hmm. and everybody can have it. We all have access to that. So those five things, if you want, to be fully present in your marriage, slow down, keep a gratitude journal, practice saying thank you, be proactive about it, lower your expectations, and then go to your own funeral. Yeah. It's going to help you a lot. I like that. That's good. Okay. Okay. So um, a recipe for this week, I'm going to share um, one of the things that I've made this week, or actually last week, our daughter um, came home from college sick with the flu. It was so sad. First oh, time being sick away from home. Poor girl. And so I had to make her her favorite uh, kale soup. And so I'm going to share that recipe with you this time of year as it's getting colder. It's that just, was the best kale soup I had ever had. Yeah, it's interesting because I, um, Jason loved it. I used, I did ground sausage. Typically I do the breakfast patties and I fry the, or not fry them up, but you know, put them in a skillet and cook those up and then chop them into four because they're the little round patties. And then I just cut them into fours. So they're like the big chunks, but they were out of that um, this week. And so I had to get just ground sausage and you liked it even better. It was great. I honestly, I like the chunks better. So you can go either way. You can use ground sausage or you can use the breakfast patties, but um, it's a really good recipe. It's so healthy. It's just full of vegetables and um, broth and kale, which is a superfood. Um, so anyways, I'll go ahead and share that on Jason and Tori's Instagram for you guys. Uh, it's one of our family favorites. It's Allie's absolute favorite. I have to make it for her every winter. Like it's the bomb diggity. Yep. So it's a good one. So I will share that this week. Okay. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget rate review, subscribe. And, um, Tori and I have some fun stuff coming out soon we'll tell you about it later do tell do tell okay (laughs) all right guys we'll see you next week all right god bless you